text today. Romans chapter 4 and uh, verses 20 and 22 through 22. This is what it reads like. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Um, and therefore it was imputed in him for righteousness. Those are some powerful verses. Um, I had no um, idea that Brother uh, Stanley was going to be here today. But, uh, but um, I think God's going to speak to several of us here. Let me read those verses again. And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, talking about God, who what God had promised, he was able to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Let's pray. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you, God, for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for your presence, Lord, in this building today. And now I'm asking God for the next few moments, God, that you will... Uh, enter this place, God, and anoint uh, me to deliver the word that you would have for me to say today. You knew every person, every heart, every need. And God, you're able to speak to everyone and give what everybody needs today. And everything's accomplished. We're going to give you the glory and you the praise. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Um, I began... Uh, a series two or three weeks back entitled Distinctions of Faith. Now, I I have not preached on them every Sunday because I ain't preached every Sunday. Brother Joe preached one Sunday. Last Sunday I didn't. Uh, the Holy Ghost preached. Hallelujah. Amen. But uh, I did begin uh, this series uh, that I call Distinctions of Faith. The first message I preached on misplaced faith, uh, if you'll recall that, which I talked about having faith, but placing it in the wrong place or in the wrong person. Sometimes people's got faith, but they place it in the wrong, put it in the wrong place. Hallelujah. Amen. And then uh, I did another in the series. Uh, I called anemic faith. That was the last message that I preached in this series, anemic faith, where we discussed having faith that was feeble, diseased, impotent, sick, and without strength. Now, this afternoon, God has given me a message that's going to conclude this series. This will be the final one in this series. Uh, that we're going to talk about living life according to the promise. That's what I want to preach on uh, to you about this afternoon for a few minutes. Living life according to the promise. Uh, if you want to know what promise and faith has to do, there's a whole lot that they're linked. If you'll 
remember the scripture that we read talking about Abraham, that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. Now, I don't know how, what you think about it, but I believe my God is big enough to take care of any problem I have. Hallelujah. And if you recall, I covered something in, in one of the previous messages that uh, I think it was the message I preached about misplaced faith, that too many times the devil gets us, gets us looking at our problem rather than our God. And if you look at your problem rather than your God, then you're going to have problems. You're going to have difficulties. You're going, you're going to get whooped around every kind of direction. When you look at your problem, your problem might be bigger than you. I don't know about you, but I've faced a few problems in my lifetime and it's quite a bit bigger than me. Hallelujah. When you look at your problem, you might see something that's more than you can handle. But when you get your eyes off your problem and on your God, your God is bigger than your problem. Your God, amen, can handle what you can't handle. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I'm going to talk and I want to share with you the concept of a promise today. A promise which has been given us by God Himself through His Holy Word. Now what I've got to share will help you if you can get a hold of it and if you can get past the toe-stepping that we're probably going to do as we get to the end. Amen. Because sometimes when God speaks truth to us, truth don't make the flesh feel none too good. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> sometimes things that do you good don't feel good. Uh, I remember my brother one time <laughs> uh, back uh, in his in his younger days, um, and uh, this before this was this was before uh, I was even born, but. <laughs> I could uh, I could remember uh, hearing my mama laugh about it and talk about it for for years to come and uh, and uh, he didn't he didn't like it too much but there was one time as a, as a kid he got in a got in a scuffle with with another boy uh, around the block or somewhere there and they got got to fighting and everything and uh, this other boy was getting the better hand of him and got around and had him on the ground and uh, and had. Uh, was straddling my brother, and boy, he was, he was, he was just whooping him up good. Boy, he was just uh, uh, beating the daylights out of him. And, and, and old Glenn said, oh, it hurts, it hurts. And the old boy just yelled out, I know it hurts, but it does you good. <laughs> Sometimes what does us good hurts. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we, we might get through that. I don't know today, but, but I want to talk about this in the area of a promise. Uh, distinctions of faith. You see, when you learn to live your life according to the promise of God that He has given you, then you will be able to 
achieve Abraham's level of unstaggering faith. Man, I look at Abraham and I say, man, I just don't, I, I can't I can't begin to fathom this man who didn't have the Holy Ghost as what we claim in our dispensation today. But man, he was known as a father of faith. Abraham exhibited more faith than everybody in this room here put together. And then some. Amen. He was the father of faith. He had a relationship with God that you and I can only dream about. Hallelujah. Amen. But when we begin to learn, and it is a learning process, it does not come naturally. You won't get it the first time around. Apostle Paul said, um, uh, when he, he wrote one of his letters, he said, I have learned that in, it, in whatever state I'm in, to be content. Can I preach to you a little bit? He said, I have learned that in whatever state I'm in, to be content. Now, when he's talking about whatever state, he wasn't talking about Tennessee, Kentucky, or Alabama. Amen. But he was talking about whatever condition. He said, and here's something that, that a lot of people don't pick up on. It wasn't something that came natural even to the Apostle Paul, which was the greatest New Testament minister of all times. It didn't even come natural to him. He said, I had to learn to do this. It didn't come overnight. I had some struggles. I had to go through some things. He said, but thank God God has called and carried me a, a mighty long way. How many here have, that you can lift your hand and say, God has taken me a mighty long way? Hallelujah. Oh, I might not be today, amen, what I want to be. I might not be today what all I should be. But thank God I'm not where I used to be. Because I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. And you will too as long as you, amen, follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Well, don't let the devil mess up your mind and waste your time by having you worry about, well, you ain't made it yet. You ain't reached the place. No. I'll tell you right now, I'm not where I want to be. But Brother Paul, thank God I'm not what I used to be. Hallelujah. I know some of the things... God has taken me from. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I give Him praise for that. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to depend on His, as the song Brother Darrell said, His grace and His mercy. I'm going to depend upon that to carry me through. Hallelujah. It will carry you down roads that you're not strong enough to walk yourself. Oh, hallelujah. I'm, I'm feeling the Spirit of God in here now. So Paul said, I've learned in whatever condition I'm in, I'm going to be content. He said, I know how to be hungry and I know how to be full. Glory to God. In other words, Paul said, yes, there have been times in my life that somebody blessed me, amen, and took me out and bought me a steak dinner. And he said, I enjoyed that. He said, but there were times there wasn't nobody around. I didn't have no money. Hallelujah. And that back steakhouse wasn't just a block down the road. He said, and I didn't have nothing to eat. He said, but I worked. Even when my belly's gnawing, I'm going to be content. Because in your 
worst day, God is still good to you, sweetheart. In your best trouble, God still blesses you. You are a blessed man. You are a blessed woman today. I don't care what the devil's trying to throw you away. That's what the devil does all this junk for anyway. To get you to doubt God. To make you think God don't care about me no more. Hallelujah. Glory. Oh, hallelujah. Paul said, I've learned it. It's been some trial in here. Matter of fact, everything you have to go through in life, God is taking you through that for a teaching process and a learning process. And you know why? That I have to go through all that junk? I'm going to tell you why, Brother Sean. It's because Sammy Pruitt is just too stinking stubborn and bullheaded just to take it like the Word says. I know what the Word says. I've been preaching it for over 40 years. But there's still some things in there that the old stubborn side of Sammy Pruitt, the old fleshly carnal side, how did he don't want to latch on to it sometimes? So God, during those times, when I'm not willing to do what I know I need to do, God does me like I do some of my, would do some of my children sometimes. Okay, young man, let's go. You ain't been nowhere until you had, had your daddy twist your ear and take you out behind the shack somewhere. Or, or mama saying, boy, you get yourself out there and you bring me a switch. And I go out there and I look for something nice and small, nice and little. And I handed that to her. Wrong mistake. <laughs> Lord to God, you don't want her to have to go get one. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. The reason why, and I'm going to get to this deeper in the message if, if my time allows, but the reason why that we have to go through so much stuff, quit blaming the devil for everything, every problem you I don't want to bust your bubble, but evidently you, you're more important to yourself than what you, well, than what, uh, you are to the devil. Hallelujah. The devil don't cause every bit of our problems. Hallelujah. Jesus says, whom I love, I will what? Hallelujah. And then sometimes, Brother Paul, when I'm not willing to do what the book says, even though I know what the book says, because he does, that song they sung, because he does love me, I'm going to tell you something. Grace, when we, people, we talk about grace, we like, to, we like to hear about the forgiveness of grace. But also in, in grace, if you ever do a real good study of the Bible grace, you're going to find there's some correction in there. 
Hallelujah. Some correction there. And sis, you know what that means? That means my God loves me too much to see me keep going down the wrong trail and die and be lost. He says, listen here. I died on Calvary. I shed my blood for you. Hallelujah. So bless the Lord. He said, he said, if I have to let you go through some things to get you where you need to be, I'm going to let you go through them. Because I love you and it's my grace in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise Him in the storm. That's right. So that's what we're talking about. We need to focus on the promise that God has given us. Now, now I know and understand because like, like our own situation as a church family. Man, it's, it's, almost been, it's almost been a year. Then there's still nothing out of the ground yet. And I remember a message that God gave me back in October of last year, one of the first messages I preached when we came over here. The title of that message is, What's the Hold Up? And I don't know, maybe, maybe we need to go back and, and redo that again. Because, you know, sometimes we want things to move on our time limit rather than God. But I still believe that God has a promise to this assembly. And I believe what He has promised He's able to perform. Anybody else with me on that? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So if we're doing that, why why are we going to worry about the process time in between? When we should be, as, I, as we said at some time, and thank God for this outreach team that we're building up, we, we should not wait till we get back on 1901 Marina to try to win some lost people. We shouldn't wait till we get back home before we start asking people to come to church. Look how many empty seats is in this house. God says, I'll give you something good, Ed, but you're too stubborn to look at it to see what, what I'm letting you do. Hallelujah. He said, occupy. Occupy. If he sees us sitting around, sipping iced tea under a shade tree here, he said, well, I don't know if they deserve getting back in their own place or not. Hello, somebody. Come on. Hallelujah. We have to be active wherever we at and be In whatever state we're in. Come on. Let's go on. Let's move on just a little bit. When we begin to learn to live our life according to the promise of God that He has given, then you will be able to achieve Abraham's level of unstaggering faith. Because of this fact, we should always remind ourselves to live in view of the promise. Live in view of the promise so we might fulfill the obligations placed upon us as recipients of that promise. Hallelujah. With every promise God ever gave somebody, there was things involved that they were obligated to do for that promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus died and gave us 
uh, gave us eternal life and offered grace, which is unmerited love and favor. I understand that, hallelujah. But that don't mean that we can ride this glory train to heaven completely free. Hallelujah. And you know what? There's, there's a few words that we as human beings don't like. And sometimes we get upset when people talk about it. Hallelujah. But they're the truth anyway. Some of the words we don't like is commitment. Hallelujah. We don't like words such as obligation. Hallelujah. I've heard people say, well, I don't... Hey, Amen. I've had, I've had people say... Uh, I went to people and asked them to do something in the church. Well... Um, I would, Brother Samuel, but I just well, I don't want to feel obligated. My Lord, if you can't obligate yourself to the kingdom of God, hallelujah, why did He save you for in the first place? Hallelujah. hallelujah. You ought to love to feel some obligation to the kingdom of God and His house and His glory and to His Word. Amen. And you got a problem with your... Mm, hallelujah. you got a problem with your relationship to Him. If you're not willing to commit yourself, hallelujah, to obligate yourself, hallelujah, do you think He obligated Himself to you? Do you think He committed Himself to you? Let me put it the way you see it on Facebook, just saying. Huh? Do you think... uh, <laughs> my, my, I told my Facebook, I'll come back up here to get another scripture and just flashed up on here. Somebody wants to be your friend on Facebook. Not right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. Come on. If we can't commit ourselves to God and His kingdom, if we can't obligate ourselves to doing things for Him, what can we do? Hallelujah! I want to talk about a couple of things. I might, I might not get I might not get them both today. I don't know, but I'm going to start by talking about a life in pursuit of the promise. A life in pursuit of the promise. I want to repeat what I said a few minutes ago again. When you learn to live your life according to the promise of God that He has given you. Now, if God has given you a promise, if He's, if He has birthed something within you, if you got a promise down inside in you from God, if you want to see that promise be fulfilled, if you want to see it come to fruition, then you've got to live your life according to that promise. Hallelujah. Oh, I know God has called me. I know God wants me to go to the mission field. I know God is I know God is gonna gonna send me uh uh to, to Mexico and I, I got that, I feel that. So here I sit. I'm awaiting. I'm waiting until the pastor gets up and says, God says for you to go. Or I'm waiting for somebody to come and say, Brother Sammy, I know you, you, you got a burden for Mexico. 
I'm going to pledge this so much support for you every month. Whatever. I, I, I'm sitting here waiting. I know i got a promise. I feel a burden for the people of Mexico. So what am I supposed to do until the doors open? Am I supposed just to sit and wait on God? I preached a message one time about what waiting on the Lord means. And, it, and, and waiting on God don't mean just sitting under a shade tree. Hallelujah. When you go to the Scriptures, it talks about waiting upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You need to think in terms, the same terms as a waiter in one of them restaurants you go to. You know, them, them people that you want to keep that coffee uh, completely full to the top of that tea, full to the top, and keep waiting on you hand and foot. And, and when all said and done, you want to throw down a quarter, 50 cents, a tip. Hello, somebody. I got a burden. I got a promise from Mexico. If I got that burden and I got that promise from Mexico, I know that I can't go till God opens up a door. I know I'm not financially able to go. I don't have the means. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't even begin to scratch up to buy the plane ticket to get down there. But yet I, I got a promise inside here. God has given me something. So you know what I'm going to do? It's God, I know you have put this promise in me. Now listen, I'm giving, I'm giving somebody a word here right now. God has put something in me. The door hadn't been opened. A move hadn't been made to send me yet. So God, I know this is real. I know this is of you. So I... I'm not going to waste my time and waste your time waiting for a door to open. I'm going to start preparing myself. I'm going to start studying Spanish. Hello? Some people sometimes don't even have the slightest thought if they're going to go somewhere to a foreign country to to teach or preach people that's a different language, you know, well, are you going to be able to afford to, to hire an uh, interpreter for you? To, but you're going to have to have something. But if God has put a promise in you and you know that God wants to move and, and get the door, you can prepare yourself. And when God up from above looks down and says, look at there, there were... They're, they're working their job every day, taking care of all their other business, and they're devoting two or three hours every night when they could be resting, learning how to speak Spanish so they can be ready to communicate to the people when they get there. God says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to open them that door right now because they're showing me now. They're showing me that they really want to do something for me. Hey, let me tell you something. God, 
God has had 2,000 years of just listening to talkers. Anybody can talk. Talk is cheap. Hallelujah. God, God wouldn't give a flip nickel for your talk. Hallelujah. I don't want your talk. What about your walk? Is what God is saying. God says, okay, you, you got that promise. You got that burden. Hallelujah. God says, man, they're, they're, they're making an effort over here. They're preparing themselves. I, oh, hallelujah. God says, I've got to help them. I've got to open a door for them. How many understand what, we're, what I'm saying here? Hallelujah. We've got to live our life in view of the promise. Hallelujah. Now, a life in pursuit of that promise. For the most part, we as believers live our lives far too casual in regards to the overall Christian experience. We live our lives far too casual in our overall regard to the Christian experience. In fact, many believers become so casual that they wind up a casualty. Did you know that the word casualty comes from the word casual? And a lot of these casual Christians, hallelujah, you're going to, you're going to do all, 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 you, all you depend upon how you're going to get through whole next week is what, of what you can get out of God this morning. Well, I'm going to tell you something, folks. My battles that I fight are, are too much greater than that. Hallelujah. i got to have more than that. I don't, want to, I, don't, I don't want to be a casual Christian. I don't want to live my life and my Christian walk so casual that I become a casualty. Hallelujah. The danger, listen, the danger is when we become so actively involved in earthly pursuits that we forget the highest call and goal of all, which is to attain the full, uh, the full award of the gospel which God has promised. Hallelujah. That's your chief problem. Your biggest problem is not the devil, as I said a while ago. Hallelujah. Our biggest problem as believers is we become so actively involved in earthly pursuits we don't have the time to pursue the promises of God in our life. Hallelujah. It's a truth anyhow. Hallelujah. Glory. We get so actively involved in earthly things, earthly pursuits, we, we totally just forget about the highest call. Philippians 3, chapter, uh, uh, 3 and 14. We all know this scripture. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You ain't going to just casually slip to heaven. You ain't going to be a tiny Tim and tiptoe through the tulip. Watch it now. If you know who Tiny Tim was, you're telling your age. I, I know. I remember him. <laughs> Glory. So I think God has blessed me. 
all these things, grace and mercy and all that, so I can just casually be a casual Christian. Apostle Paul said, I press. This is a pressing way, folks. Hallelujah. You're going to have to struggle. Did you know the Bible? Let me, let me tell you, there's one scripture in the Bible that has scared me all my life. Here you're fixing to find out something what makes Brother Sammy do some of the things that he do. Why Why that I I know a lot of times people say, well, he goes overboard on this or he goes overboard on that in regards to, I'm talking about in kingdom things and preaching and, and, and different all things and, and, and living a life of holiness and all that stuff. Because there's always been one scripture that's always scared me. And that scripture is this. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? I'm not asking for no show of hands, but I wonder how many of us really consider ourselves righteous folks. Think about that. The Lord said, if the righteous scarcely be saved. Folks, you ain't going to be able to tiptoe through the tulips into heaven's gate. You ain't going to be able to just casually stroll on in. Hallelujah. The very best that you can do, it's still, if you're saved, it's going to be by His grace. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So Paul said, I press toward the mark. I'm, I'm pursuing something here. Now, I want to read that Scripture again in the Holman Christian Standard Version. Philippians 3 and 14. Look at what it says. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly a call in Christ Jesus. Look at that. Leave it up for a few minutes. I pursue. Glory to God. I've got some promises that God has promised me, and a lot of them I've seen fulfilled, and a lot of them are yet to be fulfilled, but I'm oppressing, I'm pursuing. i got a promise in me. What about you? Hallelujah. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God. got to pursue. You can't just casually stroll along. You, uh, you've heard me say this before. Do not kick it out of gear and expect to coast into heaven. Hallelujah. Don't kick it out of gear and think you're going to coast into heaven. Listen, folks. Now here's where we're going to get into high tide waters. The East Coast is experiencing a little bit of high tide this this weekend. We're going to get in some spiritual high tide now. Hallelujah. Listen, here's some things that you need to do. You need to decide what your life is all about in the first place. you got to make a decision. you got to make your mind out. Mind up. What is my life all about? What is, what is the meaning of my life? What's my life all about? Is my life about building 
seniority in the company I work? Is it about building a retirement portfolio? Go ahead and let, let that part, uh, retirement portfolio grow all you want. All of the people in, in, uh, in Washington is going gonna, is gonna to take care of that anyway. Hallelujah. You can ask some people right now who's work, work hard all their life and work, uh, work like a dog all their life and, and <laughs> put, put, put this and this and this and this, all this stuff built in, and, and now they're, they're telling us ain't nothing there. Come on, somebody. You've got to make a decision what your life is all about in the first place, not what you stand and testify to others to when you come to church. You need to decide what your life is all about in the first place. Not, and I'm not talking about what you stand and testify and tell others about when you come to church. But I'm talking about what your hidden desires, your hidden goals and dreams are. Hallelujah. Because an awful lot of times we'll, we'll stand and testify one thing, but our heart's somewhere else. Hallelujah. I can go. If, let me, let me clarify this thing right now. If I, if I was single, I want to get that straight. I, I don't want to sleep in the doghouse. I want to be fed this coming week. All right? If I was single and I was looking for companionship, it would be easy for me, Brother Sean. I got a Facebook account. I could I could post <laughs> all over the internet. Young, built, six foot one, hunk. Recently won the lottery. I'd do it no matter what you look like, huh? I can put up the every kind of false advertisement you want to think. But if that day ever comes that we set a meeting place. I thought you were six foot one. I thought you were built. I am. I spent the last 25 years building this. <laughs> I spent a lot of money on it. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, and then the part about the money, and I say, all right, let's go. We're going to go over here to White Castle. <laughs> I just blowed the whole thing. I just messed up. And you know what? We as Christians, sometimes we do the same thing. We put on this persona. Big spiritual man or woman. And we 
we can talk about this and we can testify about that. But what are, what is our life really about? What is our desires, our goals? What are we really pressing after? Hallelujah. There's a comment that I want to make right now, and I want you to listen close. I'm fixing to wind down. I've got to because of our time. You've got to decide what your life is all about. Not the persona that you put on or what you testify, but your hidden goals and desires. Because you can find out what a man is pursuing by watching the direction he is running. Now, what I'm saying, but you can find out what Sammy Pruitt is really pursuing by watching the, the direction in which I'm running. You hear what I'm saying? What are you? Let me. If 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 you need a, a clarification of that, let's let's ask a few questions. You say you're pressing. You say you're pursuing. You're you're pursuing this promise. You got a promise, and you're pursuing it. Well, let me ask you a question. What are you doing when everybody else is at prayer meeting? What are you doing when everybody else is at Bible study? Or what are you doing when everybody else is at revival services? You can find out what a man is pursuing by watching the direction he's running. Hallelujah. The answer to these questions show the proof of your pursuit. Hmm. And it is the ones not pursuing the promise of God who are having the difficulties with their faith, staggering around like a spiritually drunk man when the tests and trials come in their life. Hallelujah. Amen. Got the wind knocked out of me. What have you been pursuing prior to the difficulty? Think about it. Think about it, church. Hebrews 12 and 14. He says in the New King James Version, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Hallelujah. you got to live your life in an aim to try to get along with everybody. Now, everybody's not that easy to get along with, but they don't, they don't give you... You can't say, well, can't nobody get, get along with them... That don't exempt you from trying if you're a Holy Ghost-filled man or woman. Follow peace with all people. Pursue it. You've got to do everything you can to keep peace. In the church house, in your home. Bless the quietness now. Pursue peace. Yeah. Here goes that persona. Here goes this Facebook thing again. I come here to the house of God and then I put on this show. And just like I'm I'm pursuing all this stuff, I'm following all this stuff. I'm a man of righteousness and peace. As soon as I leave here and get home. 
I start I start opening up all kinds of torment and hell and everything else and everybody members of my family not pursuing peace. Hello, somebody. Follow peace with all men. That's your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's your family. All men is all men. Hello? And holiness without which you're not if you don't pursue peace and living for the things that makes peace, and you know what you're gonna to have to do sometimes if you're gonna to try to create peace, you're gonna to have to take the blame sometimes when it wasn't your fault. Sometimes you're gonna to have to say okay when you know you were right and somebody else was wrong. Because what we're talking about what we're talking about is not a salvation issue yet because it'll bring peace. Pursue peace. Hallelujah. You take you take the road that brings about peace. What are we pursuing? The direction that we run reveals what we pursue. You see, folks. I'm going to have to quit. I'm not going to finish, get to finish this. If you fail to pursue the right things in your life, you will never develop an Abrahamic faith and will eventually lead to a demise of your relationship with God. The pursuit of the promise of God is the most important, not one of the most important pursuits. Did you hear what Pastor said? Your pursuit... Your pursuit of the promise of God is the most important thing. It's not pursuing how much money you're going to make on your paycheck. It's not whether or not you're going to be able to lay back enough money to buy a new car or not. I'm pursuing something that's greater than that. And I know and realize that I'll never drive the kind of cars that some people will be able to drive down here. I'll, I'll probably, I live right now, I live right now in a modular home, and that would probably be the house I'll live in the rest of my life. Not, not achieving no mansion down here, not be able to live where a lot of people live. But you see, that has never been my pursuit. Ever since the day and hour I knew that God was calling me into the ministry, there was something higher, something greater. Hallelujah. There was a promise given to me. Glory to God. Because, and I might not get the full reward down here, but thank God the retirement is out of this world. Hallelujah. So I'm going to pursue. I'm going to press. I'm going to preach it. Glory to God to hell freeze it over. Glory to God. God, we've got to pursue these things. You was placed here to pursue the heavenly call. So why do so many of us waste our time on trivial pursuits which will mean nothing when the death angel calls? Will mean nothing. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Work yourself to death. trying to build this and that up and build up a certain bank account and have a, have a certain type of, of whatever. You know, I've, I've, got, I've got to have my car. I've got to have, have my truck. I've got, I've got to have this, that. I've, I've, got, I've got to have this 
four or five thousand dollar uh, bag of uh, 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 golf equipment or, or or this or that or other. Man, I, I'm pursuing all this stuff, so I'm I'm pursuing all that. Yeah. And when you finally kill over with a heart attack because you worked yourself silly, not giving God the pursuit of the time being, even though you, even though maybe you might hold some kind of position in God's church, you're you're not you're not doing what a leader should do, Amen. By letting everybody else see, well, you know, they're they're a Sunday school teacher, and they're you can you know they're always here, they're they're always at prayer service. They're doing. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Go ahead and pursue this other stuff. And then when you kick the bucket because that you just worked yourself to death, you just, you, as they're turning those little cranks and they're slowly taking your body down into the grave, your worst enemy's already got his eye on your widow. That house that you've worked all these years to build, vehicles to buy. You're going to work yourself to death and you're going to get all that stuff, but guess what? Somebody else is going to enjoy it more than you. You know why they're going to enjoy it more than you? (laughs) They, they, They didn't put the sweat into it like you did. Believe me, sweat equity is some kind of equity. Hallelujah. I got, I'm quitting. I'm only half through. Let's all stand together. Hallelujah. Living a life according to the promise.